0: This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Evinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about the importance of painting the exterior of your home. It's more than just adding monetary value. And we're going to talk about eliminating some common electrical problems that may be causing a fire hazard in your home. And we're going to talk about some pro tips and insight on how to plan and care for landscaping during the heat and drought of South Texas. It is really, really hot. (laughs) <laughs> this summer oh my gosh we're over triple digits on a regular basis it seems like yes in studio with us today is paul pacheco the owner of pjp handyman paul welcome back to the show thank you always, always good to see you I, i've enjoyed uh you uh, come out and did some work in my house you did a fantastic job by the way we'll talk a little bit more about that later thank you also in studio with us today is gabriel sanchez the owner of black belt ac and electrical gabriel welcome back to the show thank you sir your uh, your facebook is doing extremely well um, there's a video that you did, which is one of the reasons why I'm glad we're talking about what we're going to talk about today, that had over 3,500 views uh, in a pretty short period of time. So excited about talking about that. Yes, sir. And we're welcoming first-time guest in studio with us today, Mona Most, with DNS Landscaping here in San Antonio. Mona, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Did I say the last name right? You did. All right. Awesome. I practiced. <laughs> I practiced. I did. Okay. Quick reminder for our listeners that you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. Also on our website is a list of recurring guest businesses on the show. So if you're you're listening and you miss their contact information, you can go to homebuyertalkradio.com and look for their info there. The show reaches thousands of listeners each month on KTSA here in the greater San Antonio area and many more thousands on social media. We had over 40,000 last month alone on social media that people that are watching the show. So uh, thank you to our listeners and our viewers out there. If you run a small business that services homeowners in the greater San Antonio area and you'd like to be a guest on the show, please go to homebuyertalkradio.com and click on the link to apply. All right, first up on our show is Paul Pacheco, uh, the owner of PJP Handyman, which is, by the way, one of it, – it's the highest rated that I have seen uh, handyman services in the San Antonio area. So, Paul, welcome back. I appreciate having you here. Now, you've done a couple of services at my home already so you did drywall repair which your guy came out did a phenomenal job so clean i mean just was like put everything down real quiet guy right wasn't blasting music was very respectful very nice did an amazing job i had six or seven holes i think it was seven that had to be repaired and uh, he did a phenomenal job with that texturing looks awesome and all that so i appreciate that and then you did the uh um Dryer vent uh, service on there, and there was quite a bit of stuff that came out of there. I'm a Definitely. little embarrassed to say <laughs> I should have videotaped you while you're up there. He should have. So I appreciate you actually doing it yourself. You're helping out Ramiro on that. So, yes, sir. All right. So, but we're going to talk about painting. So, uh, why should people be painting their homes? What's even the big deal? Obviously, it, it would look nice, but why else would they be painting their home?
1: I mean, for one, paint only lasts so long, uh, and a lot of builder grades, they use cheap, you know, builder grade contractor
0: pay. Oh, good point
1: so it, it makes your home look way better your your wife or husband be more happy when they come home and see it uh the caulking starts deteriorating and falling apart
0: yeah so I, it's all for me it's all about keeping mama happy i'm just saying it, right point. and curb appeal, right because the hoas will even come at you they, they did that with me on one of my facial boards was kind of coming apart at which you've seen that you're actually going to do the replacement work on that yes but uh, they will. They'll send you those letters and be like, you need to fix your stuff. Your paint's yeah. fading. I'm like, that's fine. But maybe the HOA should chip in and pay for some of that if they're going to tell me what to do. I don't know. So yeah, curb <laughs> appeal, HOA requirements. And then of course, uh, realtors will argue that it will increase the value as well. So, and it just looks really, really nice. How often do you think people should get their homes repainted?
1: At least every 10 years. Uh, okay. That would be nice. But the inside, it depends. You know, If you're renting it, it has to be done a lot more often.
0: Well, and different sides of the house will fade faster because of the where sun. The, the sun. Exactly correct. Right.
1: The sun beats up, especially we saw in your house, that right side there. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> all the caulking, it, it'll even get moldy. Not that yours was, but it's, it's very common.
0: Yeah, the caulking it was deterior, had deteriorated pretty much on that whole, what is it, the west-facing and the south-facing sides of the house. It was all gone pretty yeah. much. I didn't see any.
1: And then the siding gets real soft. You could push it. It, it kind of acts like glue. It glues down the siding if they don't nail it right, and it keeps it from falling off with the wind.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's a good point. But before we get into the caulking too much, the so people might be thinking they want to paint their house themselves, which, by the way, I have zero interest in doing no. any of that. I have a two-story home, and uh, it's like there's a lot involved in painting a house that size with, with two stories. So when do you think people should hire an expert? What would be that? Maybe a couple of deciding factors.
1: Um yeah, two-story for sure. Um, if you don't like working outside and maybe you like working inside, that'd be a good idea to get somebody else. Mm-hmm. Our crews come out with like four or five guys. So it's not a, one guy painting a house. It's probably going to take a week or two. and it's Good point. You're going to have to do it every day after work. Um, yeah, that's something you should really hire somebody. Unless you're retired, a handyman or something, then
0: yeah. Yeah. And so much. how long does it take you guys to paint a house?
1: About three, four days.
0: Okay, don't like, say, a 3,000-square-foot house? Yeah, probably five days, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Definitely. That's longer than I would have expected.
1: It just depends. I mean, if you're the type of person that's like, hey, I, I want this done as quickly as possible, we could bring more guys. Yeah. But usually, most houses take three to five days.
0: Okay. Do you charge more if you're going to do it faster? No. Really? It I want it done in 45 minutes. How much is that going to cost? No, we can't. Have- <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what about protecting the area around the house, too? This is an, another thing. If you're going to... Mm-hmm. Paint your home. You have to protect your landscaping, which I'm sure Mona would be like. Well, yeah, you got to protect it from paint because paint's probably not good for your flowers or ladders, no. <laughs> scaffolding is probably That's not right. good for all that. How do? You, what kind of things do you guys do to prep for that to protect the the landscaping around? We
1: plastic house? it off. We tape it off, kind of like the drywall the way we did your house. We yeah, plastic and tape it off the areas that we need to, especially the concrete because we don't want to be cleaning up paint from the concrete. Mm-hmm. So like bushes or the air conditioner, we'll cover that up. Yeah, yeah, just. But we got to remove it. The top
0: cover. Well, Gabriel, we probably don't want to leave it covered for too long, especially if you're using the air conditioning. No. right? Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> if it's winter, we can do it. If it's summer, I mean, we're not, we, Most of the time, we roll out of it, so we're not going to use sprayers and get it all over the AC and stuff.
0: Okay, good. We're pretty careful. You're talking about where you roll the paint on the outside as opposed Correct. to spraying it. Correct. Is that a better way to paint?
1: It goes on thicker. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, sprayer might spread more evenly, but the roller will go on thicker.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it, I'm guessing it would just last longer, look Correct. nicer longer.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: What about UV protection? Is that something that is in paint or no? Or?
1: Yes, a lot of paint has it, but if you get the contractor grade, it, it it just doesn't have as much.
0: Okay, and you guys don't use contractor grade paint? or No, you...
1: not unless the customer is like, hey, I want it as cheap as possible, then, <laughs> you know.
0: Okay, what, what kind of, uh, how much do you figure the paint is cheaper on the contractor grade on a whole project like that? What are they really saving?
1: You're say you could save 20 bucks or per gallon
0: how many gallons you would you use on a 3,000 square foot home
1: about 20 gallons
0: okay so 400 bucks at all you'd be saving if my you, math is right
1: you're right you're not saving that much no no no
0: and how many more years do you think you can get out of uh, a paint job using better quality paint 10
1: 15 years
0: oh my gosh yeah well that's kind of what I would call a no-brainer in detective school that's what they call a clue yeah right that's true <laughs> the math always adds up all right awesome so okay so homes built before 1978, what's a consideration they need to be looking out for?
1: Uh, being tested for lead or any stuff like that.
0: Okay, cool. And you got to hook up for that? So it, like these older, do you do jobs like that pre-1978 homes or are these all like newer homes?
1: Mostly newer. Uh, there's a few the houses we've done that old, but not not that many.
0: Okay. Yeah. And how long do you think your paint job will last, folks?
1: I think at least 10 years. At least 10 years? Yeah, as long as you use a good paint, which Sherwin-Williams is a lot of the paint we use. Yeah? Yeah, at least 10 years. All
0: right, cool. All right, so when it comes to prepping for the cleaning, what kind of stuff are you guys doing to prep?
1: We power wash. First thing we do, we walk around, we go power wash it, that's the first step. Power wash a lot of the siding, sidewalk, whatever we need to. Okay. And that preps it for our caulking, which would be the next step.
0: Okay, and if there's areas that there's really chipped and stuff like that, do you guys do any sanding too, or is that an additional charge?
1: It could be, yes, it's more work as additional charge. but if we're just caulking and wood filling, then yeah, it's just a little bit more work. Okay. Some areas we could get away with just wood filling the fascia boards and prepping it if it's not too bad.
0: Right. And of course, if some fascia boards need to be repaired, that's something you guys can do as well, right?
1: Yes. That'd be on the estimate.
0: Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've mentioned a little bit about caulking, but what are some reasons why people want to have that caulking? Let's get into that.
1: I say the main reason is a lot of siding. They nail it down, and it doesn't. It comes loose when the caulking is loose. It protects a barrier. It kind of adds like a glue. It glues the siding down. So plus, it keeps moisture and water from getting in there behind the siding.
0: Okay. So and uh, I, insects probably not as big of a deal when it comes to the siding itself, but where the window is and stuff like that, you probably want to have good caulking in the doors and stuff Agreed. for insects, and as well as an energy. Uh, yes. You know, kind of a improve. I guess your energy efficiency as well yeah it definitely helps out and how often should you be updating your caulking on your home
1: it depends on the caulking you use a lot of builder grade it only lasts three four years so every five six years i'd say you'd be good
0: right right but if they just take a look right if it's cracking or separating or something like that then it's probably a good time to replace it yeah you need to scrape it first
1: well we kind of scrape it down real quick before we apply the new one
0: so get rid of the old as much as you can and then apply the new yes correct all right awesome all right so um we talked about how long it takes for so you to paint the house. You're talking about four or five days on average, but you can do a little bit faster if you need to. Okay, yes. and do you warranty the the paint job, or is it just kind of like, well, that's just the paint that should last you?
1: Yes, it depends on the paint that they use or that we apply on there. Most come like seven, ten years.
0: Okay, that's a warranty. Do you back that up on labor? Yes, you do.
1: Yeah, we do back that
0: up. That's awesome. All right, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that, Paul?
1: They could go to our website at pjphandyman.com, or they can call or text me at two one zero three three zero twenty eight
0: twenty all right and texting definitely works that's how i got in touch with you the first time yes (laughs) you're on the ball there all right awesome thank you paul i appreciate that
1: you're welcome thank you
0: all right so next up on the show is gabriel sanchez an air conditioning and electrical expert with decades of experience gabriel i'm excited to have you back i like the new shirt by the way thank you sir it's it's well i don't know if it's new or not but it's a different color looks good how how many colors do you have on that
2: uh, I think I have five total
0: colors. Nice. All right, I want to see all the different colors when you come yep. to the show. Yeah. All right, so uh, you and I talk a lot, and when you, so you're expecting electrical work in people's homes, and you, you come across loose connections. I know you found those at my house when you did the inspection there as well. And then, uh, you, of course, cooked wires, things like that. So what kind of stuff are you finding out there when you're inspecting these jobs you're doing? Um,
2: especially right now with the heat wave that we're having, I'm coming across a lot of electrical failures because of loose connections more than anything. And when you have loose connections, you don't have the full voltage going to the equipment. So the lower the voltage, the higher the amperage. Amperage, create, amperage creates heat. So That's one thing we're trying to prevent. And
0: we don't need any more of that here in South Texas. But exactly. So what's causing the loose connections?
2: It's a lot of, it, a lot of the wiring uh, that they use. Is they're using the aluminum wiring. And there's nothing wrong with it. You know, they used for feeders all the time. Uh, the aluminum has a tendency of contracting and expanding. So during the winter, it contracts, and during the summer, it expands. So even even on copper connections, you may have some of that as well because I'm, com- I'm coming across a lot where I've got customers calling me that, hey, the lights are flickering here, go there, and the inside panel, of course, it's all copper, and I'm coming across a lot of loose connections.
0: What should the connections be made? Of? Should it be an aluminum? Is that like the standard now?
2: Well, the as far as on the main feeders, anything like 220 volts uh, above 30 amps, uh, the majority of the aluminum is aluminum because it's just more cost-effective. Okay. That's what it comes down to is it's more cost-effective because the cost of aluminum feeder versus the aluminum is like almost between 7 and 10 times more expensive. Okay.
0: And so how often should people get these things inspected so they can make sure that all their connections are good? At least once a year. See, this is something that, Has has anybody in here ever been told that you should have an electrician check your connections once a year? So here's the thing. I was talking to my wife about this earlier, and she was saying that – I was like, hey, when we have HVAC guy come out, because we've had them in the past, and I know everybody in here has, and they're like, well, we should come out once a year to do a check or whatever. Have any of you ever – have they really broken that down for you, what they actually do? Or do you just kind of look at it as, well, it's just a sales opportunity to charge me for something? Yeah. Is it – Mona? Same. Same, right? Option two. Well, this is what's different about Gabriel is because he took the time to actually explain this stuff to me so that I understand what it is he's doing while he's out there and what the benefit to me as the homeowner is. So it's a huge value. So it's all about who you bring out to your home sure. so you can understand what's going on. Okay, so what are some symptoms you of, uh, like, loose connections? You touched on this, but what are some?
2: The majority of the time when I get those calls is the uh, lights flickering. So I always tell customers, for them to save themselves some money, I would call the utility company first because there's a good chance uh, it's on their side, which is what we call a, a neutral. So the majority of the time, it could be a loose neutral on the utility company's side. If the company says everything is fine, then it's going to be on the homeowner's side, and that's when we start checking for all of them. That's where you usually find a lot of loose connections. Uh, depending also the age of the home, the breakers could be obsolete What they need to be upgraded. I've uh, been coming across lately a lot of uh, Federal Pacific and Zinco breakers, which uh, those companies are no longer in business for a reason. They were notorious for not tripping when they are supposed to. So I've, I've done the few insurance claims uh, fires because of those type of breakers.
0: How would somebody know if they've got one of those breakers? Is it labeled with their name? Yes. Okay, so if they open the breaker panel, it'll have the brand on there? Yes. Okay, and what are the names of the ones they should be looking for again?
2: Zins- Zinsco. Zinsco and Federal Pacific. Okay. Federal Pacific would probably be maybe a level uh FPP uh, F, uh, or no, FPP, I'm sorry, FPP. It be Federal Pacific uh, panels, and the zinkles are usually colored. You might see gray, you may see red, or like a light blue color on the breakers.
0: Okay, and, and these companies are out of business, is yeah. that correct?
2: They still sell some of the breakers at Home Depot, but... What? Uh, yeah, they're they're supposed to be refurbished or supposed to be, but um, I don't trust them yeah, at yeah. all. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't install them. And then we just I replaced one just about two weeks ago. The um, breaker never tripped. The homeowner was having all kinds of issues with their AC system. That's where it started, and we couldn't remove the breaker. The breaker pretty much welded itself on the on the bus bar.
0: So, how would a homeowner know if maybe their breaker is is not up to par? Obviously, if it's not tripping, that could be an issue, but they may not know that without an electrician telling them. But what are some other things that maybe a a homeowner could spot other than the branding?
2: They could um, just get a feel for the breaker. They feel a lot of heat on it. It's a sign that the breaker's fixing to fail or it's overloaded. may have one too many um, connections to it. Those are also signs of it. You know, The best thing is with an infrared camera, but just by putting your hand on the panel, you you can feel the heat coming out of them.
0: Right, right. And that's what the infrared camera would do. It would show if there's a hot spot uh, that really stands out on there. Okay, cool. All right. And then, uh, so let's talk a little bit about surge protection for the home. This is something that, you know, we get spikes, we get brownouts, we get things like that that are going on in the home. Surge protection is something I know that you recommend. Why do you recommend that?
2: Well, especially with today with all the technology, all the uh, computers, all the circuit boards, it is very important to have a surge protector. Um, I'm doing, fixing to do a home in Belverde. The house is only a year and a half old. No surge protection. They had an indirect lightning strike. I have to rewire the entire house. Oh,
0: how much are we talking about? I mean, just you didn't give me the address, but how much are we talking about?
2: Uh, right now, at a minimum, I'm looking at about 26000
0: What? To rewire the house. Did the homeowner insurance going to cover it for them? Yes. Okay, well, that's good. But still, the inconvenience of losing all of that, and maybe their computer got fried yeah. during the—
2: well, re- rewires are very labor intensive. They're yeah. not just you know, in and out stuff. It's labor intensive. The other thing too is, we're not following any any drawn schematics like when the build, when the home was being built. We have to design on the go as we're going, and we have to be careful as far as how much sheetrock we're cutting, and literally on the, also in this home, all the appliances have to be replaced. Whoa! All the electronics have to be replaced.
0: Just after a year? That's crazy.
2: All the control voltage, like through your thermostat wiring, the uh, garage door openers, all that has to be replaced because um, we did a meg check. I uh, was getting a lot of bad readings.
0: Well, how much does a surge protector cost for, say, a, a two thousand square foot home, regular three bedroom, two and a half? Uh, it
2: doesn't matter on no the square footage. It just depends on the uh, the type of how many KVA ratings you want. As far as each each surge protector has a certain KVA rating. Okay. So the higher the rating, the more expensive it is. Usually the home, the residential breakers are rated like about at ten thousand kvas. Okay. Um, so if you get that, you're, you should be fine. You want to rate it almost in, but you can always go bigger if you want.
0: What are we talking cost wise?
2: Um, depends on the brand. Each brand, each manufacturer is different, um, so that can.
0: Well, give me a middle of the road so that people have an idea ballpark wise. Well,
2: right now it was like with Square D. Um, I used a lot of Square D uh, for us to do an installation. Depending. If the space is available and they have a, a you know, everything's up to par where we can install one, they're looking at at least about four fifty at a minimum.
0: Four hundred fifty dollars? Yeah. That's it?
2: For the outside one, yes.
0: And that'll protect the home? Yes. Okay, well I'm gonna have my wife give you a call. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna do a search. for. I was I was expecting four thousand or something no, like no, that. Four hundred fifty dollars for the, a search What When the
2: price starts going up is of course if there's no space on the panel, depending on what it's and it also just depends what brand you
0: have. Oh, there's no space on my panel, I don't so, think. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to give you a call, yeah. though. All right. If people want to get in touch with you, Gabriel, how they do that?
2: Uh, 210-749-3242. That is the office line. But I also recommend a indoor. If you want to double it, as long as you got one on the outside, you should be good. But to have that extra, extra protection, we can install one on the inside. If space allows, that would highly recommend to put one on the inside as well. They That's just, where I'm out of space
0: yourself. is on my inside one
2: but that's where it starts. The price starts going up because we have to upgrade a lot of things.
0: Uh, Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Gabriel. We appreciate you coming in. Thank you for having me. All right. Next up on the show is Mona Most uh, from DNS Landscaping. Uh, So, Mona, you've been been doing landscaping for how long now?
3: Um, I'm a newbie. I'm about three years here in DNS Landscaping. Um, It's always been a hobby of mine and a lot of my family has worked in the industry, so I've been around plants and plant people. Pretty much
0: all my life. And you obviously love what you do, right? I do. Yeah. All right, so you're going to give us some tips and insight on, really, because here in South Texas, I mean, we lose plants all the time in my house. Uh, my wife probably doesn't want to hear this, but I don't know if she listens to it. and She gets tired of my voice anyway, but uh, that uh, we lose some plants. We could use some help in that, and I think figure people can as well. So when it comes to keeping your, can we start with the lawn? Sure. So when it comes to keeping your lawn alive... What are some tips that you have uh, for the obviously watering, but that's if we're not on water Obviously
3: watering. You know, we have to follow the rules. We want to be good citizens and make sure that we're following all the guidelines set forth by SAWS. Um, so right now, I think we're on a water restriction that tells us we have a designated day. Um, we water between 7 and 11 in the morning or 7 and 11 at night. Okay. In addition to that, you want to make sure your grass has good, healthy soil. If the soil is lacking nutrients, it's very compacted, the water's going to run off, and your grass isn't going to get that needed moisture. So you want to have good, healthy soil. Um, we like to recommend a top dressing with good, healthy nutrients in it.
0: Top dressing would be like a fertilizer kind of thing you're talking about? Um, it's or more is that natural. Soil?
3: It's organic. So it's a combination of soil, sand, um, organic material in the form of compote, like uh, broken-down wood. Okay. Um, so it's feeding the grass. It's also putting a little bit of air in so that there's room for the water to get in and actually get that moisture to the grass.
0: And when would you do that? Is it as needed or when do you? We can do it as needed.
3: Um, the best time to do it is in the spring so okay. that it's prepared for for the hot summers. um, but we do it year round depending on the condition of the grass.
0: Okay, awesome. All right, so um, when it comes to like nitrogen, adding so I, when I was doing research for this, I came across this interesting tidbit about what nitrogen over putting too much nitrogen on your grass can be a bad thing, but I didn't understand why. Could you tell me why that would be a bad thing?
3: Sure. So it's tricky with the chemicals if you don't have a science degree knowing when it's appropriate to put the nitrogen uh, versus other chemicals and what time of year to do those things. The grass is storing up all the nutrients that it needs for the tough times. And nitrogen can actually cause it to use those up quicker. And so you'll want to make sure that if that's happening, you're giving it additional nutrients. Um, Again, we like to do that in the form of organic top dressing. um, And the grass pulls from that whatever it needs in the form of nitrogen or other
0: nutrients. So that might be a mistake homeowners make when they add something that's really got a lot of nitrogen in it, especially chemically based or whatever, and it, it causes the grass to use up those nutrients quickly. And that's what causes the browning, right? I mean, it cause it the to burn up. up.
3: Exactly.
0: Yeah, I thought that was such a cool information because we've heard about what nitrogen can do, but I didn't understand why. So I like that. Um, all right. So when it comes to plants that we're planting around the home, what are some tips and insight you have with respect to, obviously, the heat and the drought stuff we have there? Let's start with maybe the types of plants. Sure.
3: So there are lots of Texas natives. Um, you can find them all over town at different uh, different suppliers. Um, some that we love are the Pride of Barbados. That's the big, pretty, kind of wispy-looking with the orange flowers. Um, we've got some pretty plumbagos. A lot of palm trees do really well here. And of course, a lot of the cactus and succulents, if you're doing a zero and wanting to cut back on a lot of your watering. So you you width. guys
0: sell plants and stuff there at DNS? Or we no?
3: install the plants. We don't have a you farm don't. at DNS Landscaper.
0: But you know where to get them, right?
3: But we know where to get so them. So like We've if I come the in context. there and I'm like,
0: I don't know what's going on. And you're like, oh, we can definitely help you, Mark. This is what you need and this is where you can get it and sure, we'll help yeah. you install it.
3: We'll uh, we'll come out and take a look at your landscape. Just give us a call and you can schedule an appointment. We'll look at the health of your lawn, your trees, your plants, and then we'll recommend what to do moving forward as far as fertilizer, watering, mulching. It's really important during this time, too, for water retention and controlling the weeds.
0: Right. That's what I was going to hit on next is a ground cover type of stuff. Are a lot of people doing xeriscaping or native landscaping? Am I using the right terms?
3: You are. Um, So native planting has more to do with the live products it's the trees and the plants that are natural to the area so they don't use as much water oh. generally zero scaping you're talking about something that is not grass and so you're talking about rocks and cactus and succulent and palms things oh. that aren't necessarily going to need much or any irrigation during the hot hot season
0: That's what we did with our front yard it's all rock now mm-hmm. you saw that when you yeah. came over, paul it's like I got so tired of my grass dying on me, but I had water runoff that was killing it because I don't have gutters on my home. So it was just killing the grass because it was eroding the soil. Yes. So the grass could not keep Couldn't up. grab on. I just threw nitrogen on them. I figured that would work. <laughs> <I can't.
3: laughs> How'd that work for you?
0: <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't at all. Uh, all right. So when it comes to plants around the home, uh, can you just run through maybe some, some species that work really, really well that people might b- add some color and sure. vibrancy to their home?
3: Um, you're going to want to consider how much sun that area gets. Ah. Um, so there are full sun plants that include a lot of the pretty colors that you see are going to be full sun. Um, Rosemary does really well, and they have pretty purple flowers. Um, the pride of Barbados that we mentioned earlier. A lot of the lantana are really good. Um, one of the benefits of that is a lot of the deer don't like to eat the lantana. So uh, there we go. that are living in the areas where there's a lot of deer population.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You're limited on the plants that you can put out that they're actually going to stay there.
0: Deer are so cute. I think they can eat whatever they want, but they tend to eat a <laughs> lot, it seems like. Yes. Crazy. All right, and then, so that's like full sun. What what about... Those are full sun. Yeah, what about uh, full shade?
3: Um, we have some ferns that we like to recommend. Um, as far as color, we can do a, a like a blue. Liriopia is a real pretty, like, kind of purpley-blue color. Yeah. Um,
0: I know I put you on a spot with all that.
3: You did. That wasn't on my list (laughs) of things to get ready for. Yeah,
0: I know. (laughs) Ferns are fantastic for full shade. And I think that's where people get stuck is like, okay, I've got full sun, i got full shade. Usually there's a a bigger selection that can kind of deal with both, but at least from my experience. But I mean, that's a great place to start anyway. Certainly. Awesome.
3: Give us a call and I'll send you some more information.
0: Yes, ma'am. All right. So if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that, Mona?
3: Oh, you can find us at dnslandscaping.net. Or you can call us at 210-765-8667.
0: And I think you're the one that answers the phone, are you not? I am. Yep. So if you want to talk to Mona, give her a call. I'll
3: be there.
0: All right, everybody. Well, great job on the show today. A uh, quick reminder for folks out there uh, to catch our latest podcast and video version of the show anytime on homebuyertalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. Thanks for coming in.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
3: you guys have
0: a great week and we'll see you on the next one.